With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, um, just recently, we had a ruling here in San Francisco that um, not only enraged um, folks like me, but it went all the way to the White House. I'm going to give you a quick reader here, um, because it's, it's relevant to that ruling last week. In late November, U.S. District Court Judge William Oreck in San Francisco issued a permanent injunction blocking President Donald Trump's executive order to deny sanctuary cities a variety of federal funds. And now we get to last week. Less than a week after that, a jury in San Francisco acquitted the illegal immigrant who shot and killed Kate Steinle on all but one measly charge of being a felon in possession of a firearm. The jury gave him a pass on charges of murder, involuntary manslaughter, and assault. Um, following that jury's ruling, federal grand jury has indicted that Mexican man on immigration and weapons charges. Uh, we don't know where that indictment will go, but, um, you know, this guy had been, he had crossed illegally into the United States five times, if memory serves. Um, he shot and killed a young woman, uh, who died in her father's arms on a pier in San Francisco. Uh, he's not the only person to have committed um, criminal activity and uh, have had entered the United States um, illegally. Before I get angry, I'm going to toss it to you. What do you think? Where are we going with all of this? I mean, the, the, the federal government potentially could withhold funds from sanctuary cities. California has allegedly declared itself a sanctuary state um, where, you know, if you're not in compliance with federal law to, in, you know, hand over to ICE or to, uh, you know, federal officials in charge of keeping our borders secure. Uh, you know, what? Th that's the stick. Is there a carrot to this? I mean, uh, what do you think? I think there's there's a lack of middle ground in this issue. With the, the issue of sanctuary cities is has a dichotomy of one side, the, the federal government saying that it is a crime, that if you're here illegally, that you can be scooped up by ICE, um, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement arm of the federal government, and held, uh, have a hearing, and get deported back to your country mm -hmm. of origin. And then you have um, you have people on the other side of the issue who say, "Hey, you know, we we've always been a nation of immigrants. We've always welcomed the with open arms. You're tired. You're hungry. You're." your masses to to be in the boiling pot that is America. But there's a difference between immigration and illegal immigration. Okay, gotcha. Right? Yeah. Yes. So... I mean, I'm a second generation American, right? My <laughs> grandparents came over from Scotland and Ireland, but they came in through Ellis Island and they did so with paperwork. They did so with approved, you know, uh, uh, with the approval of the federal government. I hear you. I, I'm just give, I'm just stating the, the, two, the two sides. The other side is saying, hey, look, there are people here too. 
there are service workers mainly. Uh, you have people on different types of visas here. Um, but again, you, you talk about the difference between legal and illegal. So if you do the paperwork, technically you're legal. If you don't, you're illegal. In, in this particular case, you had this guy five times deported for being here illegally. Um, I agree with you. If, if, he, if this particular guy's not here, maybe Kate Steinle is alive today. Not maybe, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's no question. There, that's, that's a black and white for me. There's for me in this issue is a lot of gray. For example, there are crops rotting in Central California because there aren't enough people there to pick them. Okay, so we should solve that problem. We, we that's a solvable issue. The federal government can say, "Hey, here's your work visa. You come during harvest season, and we send you back home with a, sure. plenty of money." And you know, and it's all it's transactional. My feeling is that if you come to this country. And you do so legally, you do so with some level of productivity. You actually add to our economy, you add to society, you do sure. something positive. Yeah. Then that's great. That's all well and good. We should inf we should encourage that. It's when you come in here and you commit various illegal acts. I mean, you've got MS-13 guys. You've got all these things that are happening that are preventable. That's, that's just a fact. Right. I got gotcha. you. I hear you. Um, I think, though, if you examine... Okay, so... Okay, you're right. Zarate Garcia is not here. It doesn't happen. He is here. Um, but I think if you put anyone else in that position, uh, take out the race, ethnicity, uh, legal status. Somebody picks up a gun... Somebody picks something up wrapped up in a, a cloth. And I'm playing the devil's advocate. Believe me, I am not I'm, defending I'm, I'm, this I'm individual. I'm seeing the horns and the, <laughs> and the spiked tail coming out of you. But he picks up this this uh, thing in a, in a cloth, as his defend, defenders say, uh, opens it or in the process of opening it, the gun goes off. And ironically, it is a gun stolen from a federal, mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was a park ranger, uh, in San Francisco for a conference, left his gun unlocked in the trunk of his car. Apparently didn't hear about the epidemic of <laughs> car boostings that we have in San Francisco. Uh, so somehow, either either Zarate Garcia was the one who broke in and had the gun, or he found it, as they say, under the bench. Picks it up, it goes off, it skips, it hits the ground, goes, travels another 20, 30 feet, and hits um, Kate Steinle. Um in San Francisco, the district attorney, the ADA, went for second-degree murder the whole way. Uh, at the very end, threw in sort of this herringbone that said, and we can prove first-degree murder, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. So consider that, jury. Boom. And the, the jury deliberates, comes back with a acquittal, except for the gun charge. Right. And the defense is appealing that, right. saying... If you go and you pick up something wrapped in a T-shirt, open it up, see it's a gun and go, oh, you know, expletive, drop it and run away. Are you somebody who was in possession of a gun? Right. Technically. And, and actually, to be honest with you, I can actually buy that argument. That, yeah. That's an argument that I can buy. Yeah. For, for me, though, involuntary manslaughter would be the very, very minimum here. It, right, it, but I, I think the burden to prove that never happened. I don't think the the ADA came out with that third option mm. for the jury. I think they, I think all the eggs were in one basket for second degree murder, 
And hey, while we're at it, closing arguments, let's throw in first degree. And I, I don't think, I think, you know, it's a, it's a bad analogy, but I think then uh, an empty gun was handed to the jury and said, fire it. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was no ammunition in it. Yeah. So without, without laying the groundwork and the foundation to justify the negligent homicide, the negligent manslaughter uh, charge, I think I think the jury came back with what they had. Hmm. Um, you know, we've we've covered sanctuary cities a number of times here on the podcast, and you know, it's it's important that we revisit it because it's an evolving issue. Sure. Um, and it's of course, you know, uh, last week's verdict was one that again reignited the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, one of the things that I come back to, and I I, I try to be as middle of the road and as reasonable as possible on all issues, but this one in particular, because I think, as I said earlier, there are solvable matters that if we were to look at this rationally and say, well, for example, you need to have sanctuary for those who are here, again, being productive, just living in an ordinary life, mm-hmm. and they become a victim of a crime. Right. They need to have the outlet to go to law enforcement and say, hey, I was raped, robbed, burgled, and not be fearful of deportation. And I think that's absolutely reasonable. Um, But on the opposite side of that coin, you have gang members, you have people who are here illegally who are doing stuff that, you know, is detrimental. If not, I mean, even if you're just on the dole and you're not doing anything productive, but you're not doing anything criminal, Mm -hmm. you're, you're drawing from our resources. And I don't believe that that's just, I don't think that that's right. I think that if, 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 if you're not being productive and you're not contributing something to society and, and becoming an American, Mm -hmm. right. And identifying as an American, even if you're not a sworn citizen and you're moving towards citizenship, then I, I, I can, I can grant you that. Right. Yeah, I, I, I see the the crux of the matter being that it's it's another social issue that the police are standing squarely in the middle of. Um, can't win positions. Uh, you you might arrest somebody for a felony if it's a if it's a nonviolent felony. In California, they'll go in, they'll be processed, they uh, get their case put on the docket, and they get released, Off and they don't get held for. The federal ICE authorities. Um, I mean, that's sort of against the grain of law enforcement officers who say, "Hey, wait a second, I have a felon here in custody." But until conviction, uh, and unless it's a violent felony, um, they're not going to be able to to hold that person for the federal authorities. And I think that that's really um, uh, it's a conundrum for for law enforcement officers. Yeah, I mean, again, like as with so many other matters. The cop on the street is is stuck squarely in the middle between two. I don't know. I don't want to say warring factions, but you know, disagreeing uh, sides. And they, all they can do is throw their hands up. They, there's nothing they they can do other than that. Right. No. And, and I've and I've I've argued that there should be some sort of um, uh, amnesty for police officers who feel that uh, unless they do follow the federal. Uh, rules that um, that that something bad can happen. Yeah. So say say you don't have the charge, uh, the violent felony charge to actually charge the individual with, but there's enough um, to make the officer believe that they participated in a violent crime. 
Um, that's certainly somebody you'd love to turn over to the federal government or use any resource that you have to hold that individual. And without it, um, if the if the officer does go ahead and and call ICE, they're in violation of their local policies, right. subject to discipline, censure, or firing, loss right. of job. Yeah. So, again, the the cops are put in the middle, not just um, philosophically, but but for real. Yeah. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. Uh, we will, of course, revisit this issue. And, of course, it is an issue uh, Police One members are vocal about. And if you want to have your voice heard, please send us an email to policingmatters at policeone.com. That is policingmatters at policeone.com. Thanks again for clicking and thanks again for listening.